0: This show is going to teach you tooth extraction techniques with an ice skate. Ah. This show is going to teach you how to run and never get tired. (sighs) Maybe one day. This show is going to help you to find something to live for. And when you've found it, to pursue it with all your might. Full speed ahead. Something, Something like this what are you living for do you live for what is right what is right and what is wrong anyway and who gets to decide we usually imagine the rule makers to be god or or that guy pressing your face against the warm hood of your car while fitting handcuffs around your wrists So what gives them the right to determine what is right and what is wrong? I want to be the judge of that. And you can, you most certainly can, in this quest of determining whether there is even right or wrong, and who gets to decide, we must search for what we call ultimate reality. And while the world does revolve around you, the question is, is there something more? The answer is yes. And after crossing off all of our options, artificial intelligence, aliens, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, we're left with only two sources we can go to in order to get the answers to these big questions. Ourselves and God. And if you are listening to this show right now and happen to be a human, well, you've probably seen our track record. Just saying. We are all living for something or someone, and when we're not so sure and all else fails, we simply live for ourselves. We make these kinds of decisions every single day of our lives with the people we talk to, the people we work with, the people we love, the news that we see or hear. Check this out, and you be the judge
1: released video is hard to watch. Police say it's of a suspected robber who runs over and kills a man trying to stop her from getting away.
0: She's about to come in right now.
1: The situation escalates quickly, so let's start from the beginning. 6.50 Saturday morning, police say this woman walks into the A.M.P.M. p.m. and starts filling a bag with goods. Cold food, hot food, sodas, chips, so
2: simple stuff like that.
1: Store owner G. Singh told me the woman stole $15 worth of food. You can see her here in the hot food section of the store.
2: In about a couple seconds, you'll see her place as many things as she can inside her purse. She's looking at the cashiers, where they're at and that's where she just ran out.
1: You can see it here. The suspect runs out and gets into a dark colored Jeep Grand Cherokee. Singh told me two employees chased after her. Moments later, this man in all black runs towards the suspect trying to stop her. But the driver never stops.
2: He gets in front of the car and she just runs him over.
1: Police told me he died at the hospital. He was a good guy. Singh says the Good Samaritan was a homeless man and a regular at his store.
2: He always did good things around here. Like if he saw trash outside the property, Nobody had to ask him anything. He would just go up and pick up trash and take it to the trash bin. A very nice guy, very helpful.
1: Singh says it's the man's instinct to help that landed him in harm's way.
0: What speaks to you the most about that story based on your ethical system, the way you were raised, your culture, your background, your upbringing, whatever it might be, you may look at it differently. Does your heart go out to the victim who got hurt? Are you angry because the man died for $15? What would you have done? Isn't a life worth so much more than $15? Would it have made a difference if he had stolen an airplane as opposed to her stealing $15 worth of groceries? Was it because he was a homeless man that... Well, it didn't make a big difference anyway. Would you have put yourself at risk? These are all questions we ask ourselves. Some of us have become so good at that it's just automatic reflex. Would love to hear your thoughts. Today's show is brought to you by... Nudnik. Nudnik. Nudnik is guaranteed to increase your word vocabulary, and your perception by others in society by at least 20%. Nudnik is a noun. It is a pestering, nagging, or irritating person, a bore. Uh, To use it in a sentence, Tom worried that he would never finish his work if the office Nudnik didn't quit hanging around his cubicle. So if you can... Use Nudnik today. Good evening, Anchor Crew! Alfred Acosta, your host, living for him. How are you doing today? (laughs) Today's show is going to be a replay of a five minute clip of a philosopher by the name of Ayn Rand. You know, there are several philosophers who have come up with theories on ways the world should operate for the greatest common good, so to speak. These theories come about by very intelligent people, extremely observant of how human nature works, and have put together ideas that everyone, whether religious or not, can identify with at some level. So, as we examine some of these philosophers and their philosophies, you're gonna sit back and say, wow, that's actually something I've been living by and I didn't even realize. This may be a good thing or a bad thing. Stay tuned. And just in case you missed it, who this Ayn Rand is and uh, what she's all about. Check it out.
2: The fountainhead of this philosophy is a novelist, Ayn Rand, whose two major works, The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, have been bestsellers. We'll try to find out more about her revolutionary creed and about Miss Rand herself in just a moment. And now to our story. Down through history, various Political and philosophical movements have sprung up, but most of them have died. Some, however, like democracy or communism, take hold and affect the entire world. Here in the United States, perhaps the most challenging and unusual new philosophy has been forged by a novelist, Ayn Rand. Ms. Rand's point of view is still comparatively unknown in America, but if it ever did take hold, it would revolutionize our lives. And Ayn, to begin with... I wonder if I can ask you to capsulize. I know this is difficult. Can I ask you to capsulize your philosophy? What is Randism?
3: uh, First of all, I do not call it Randism, and I don't like that name. I call it objectivism. All right. Meaning a philosophy based on objective reality. Now, let me explain it as briefly as I can. First, my philosophy is based on the concept that reality exists as an objective absolute. That man's mind, reason, is his means of perceiving it. And that man needs a rational morality. I am primarily the creator of a new code of morality, which has so far been believed impossible. Namely, a morality not based on faith. On faith? Not on faith, not on arbitrary whim, not on emotion, not on arbitrary edict, mystical or social but on reason, a morality which can be proved by means of logic, which can be demonstrated to be true and necessary.
2: All right. All
3: right. Now, may I define what my morality is? All right. Because this is mirroring introduction. My morality is based on man's life as a standard of value. And since man's mind is his basic means of survival, I hold that if man wants to live on earth, and to live as a human being, he has to hold reason as an absolute, by which I mean that he has to hold reason as his only guide to action, and that he must live by the independent judgment of his own mind, that his highest moral purpose is the achievement of his own happiness, and that he must not force other people nor accept their right to force him that each man must live as an end in himself and follow his own rational self-interest.
2: May but I interrupt now? You may. Because you bring, you, you put this philosophy to work in your novel Atlas Shrugged. That's right. You demonstrate it in, in human terms in your novel Atlas Shrugged. And let me start by quoting from a review of this novel Atlas Shrugged that appeared in Newsweek. It said that you are out to destroy Almost every edifice in the contemporary American way of life, our Judeo-Christian religion, our modified government-regulated capitalism, our rule by the majority will, other reviews have said that you scorn churches and the concept of God. Are these accurate criticisms?
3: Uh, Yes, I agree with the facts, but not the estimates of this criticism. Namely, if I am challenging the base of all these institutions, I'm challenging the moral Code of altruism, the precept that man's moral duty is to live for others, that man must sacrifice himself to others, which is the present day morality. What do you mean
2: by sacrifice himself for others? This now we're getting to the point.
3: One moment. Since I'm challenging the base, I necessarily would challenge the institutions you name, which are a result of that morality. And now, what is self sacrifice?
2: Yes, what is self-sacrifice? You say that you do not like the altruism by which we live. You, you like a certain kind of Ayn Randist
3: selfishness. I uh, would say that I don't like is to weak a word. I consider it evil. And uh, self-sacrifice is the precept that man needs to serve others in order to justify his existence. That his moral duty is to serve others. That is what most people believe today.
2: Yes, we're taught to feel concerned for our fellow man, to feel responsible for his welfare, to feel that we are, as religious people uh, might put it, children under God and responsible one for the other. Now, why do you rebel? What's wrong with this philosophy? But that
3: is what, uh, in fact, makes... And welcome back.
0: If you've been listening in, we've been talking about ethical egoism and the positive side to that well it sounds a little strange and it even sounds like an oxymoron the question is how can we be both ethical and egotistic or rather egoistic because if you say egotistic that's the kind of person that was willing to go out and well plunder and burn to get what they want because they believe they're awesome. Egoism is thought to be more rational so to speak and so when we listen to Ayn, and if you listen to that piece where she talks about altruism, you know, altruism is supposed to sound like a good thing. You know, it's it's kind of like attacking mom or apple pie or, or the American flag. Who, Who wants to advocate selfishness? However, if considered honestly, egoism has attractive elements. First, egoism forges a strong link between personal responsibility and self-esteem. Egoism stresses that individuals are responsible for what they do and should receive the benefits for their actions. Wouldn't you agree? Moral agency assumes that we accept responsibility for our own actions. Secondly, after some reflection, most will likely agree that self-preservation and self-interest have a valid role in ethics. We can recognize the impulse towards self-preservation on both the biological and the rational level. We have built-in temperature, hunger, and thirst controls to protect us. In short, all of this put together, we have a number of systems that protect our lives. Finally, ethical egoism warns us that actions are not justified simply because they are unselfish, which I think also is another positive. Way to go, Ein. You know, at times I've given money to people who said they needed to buy food only to see them minutes later with liquor and no food. People have given so much time at church for good purposes, their own families have disintegrated for lack of attention. I've done that before. Something must be added to it that allows us to determine when an unselfish act is also a good act. So, so far on the board, we've got about three or four positives on Ayn Rand's board. Those are some pretty good things. Those are real things. I think she's not completely irrational. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the problems that arise with egoism. And if you are an egoist, well, you may want to check it out. Listen to this. And we're back. Some of the problems with egoism is the understanding of what we call ultimate reality. While cultural relativism sees one's culture as the final authority of truth, ethical egoism hinges on the belief that each individual's life is the ultimate source and measure of right and wrong. If this is true, egoism collapses. second thing is that egoism is overly optimistic about human nature. You and I both know that we are extremely selfish naturally. But what she's saying is that selfishness is not destructive. In fact, we could even stand to be a little more selfish. So here's an example. Suppose that you and a coworker are up for a promotion and only one person can get the job. Reason tells you that, well, four propositions are true. Getting the promotion is in your long-term interest, which is the goal of egoism. By most measures, your coworker has the slight edge for the promotion. That's not a good thing. If your coworker's current project goes poorly, you get the promotion. This is true. And you can sabotage your co- coworker's current project with negligible risk of being caught. What would you do? Well, if we were to be following egoism, Sabotage of the co-worker's project is not only desirable, but it's required. Because you are morally obligated to act in your best interest. And this is advanced when you torpedo your co-worker's project rather than just waiting to see what happens otherwise. Those are just a couple of things that could go wrong with this ethical System, There are more I'd like to share with you. I was given permission from the author, uh, Steve Wilkins, with, with his book Beyond Bumper Sticker Ethics. I'll probably put the link on here so you can look into purchasing the book, but I, I've gotten permission to give a couple of excerpts from it. But what we've learned so far is that, well, the system of ultimate selfishness, looking out for yourself... And that selfishness helps us, yes, in certain ways of self-confidence and self-value, it it misses the mark of, well, who's to say what's ethical when we are self-seeking, like the job interview guy story. So I think we can safely determine, unless you disagree, that this will not work for us. This will philosophy will not work. So we're going to move on to the next philosophy, which I will get back with you about. There's several of them, and we're going to look through them and see what makes sense and really what does not. I want to thank you for joining me. Alfred DaCosta, your host, Living For Him.